Hi and welcome to A Roaring Podcast, where we interview interesting guests talking about innovation, data, product development and tech. Stay tuned and get some new insights. My name is Pontus Holmberg and I'm your host. In today's episode of A Roaring Podcast, we will meet Isabel Rosian, who is Product Manager at Yabi. We will talk about digital inclusion, We will talk about the cashless society and the future of payments. Stay tuned. Welcome, Isabel. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. Uh, finally back after, or yeah, finally might not be the right word, but back from uh, holiday uh, vacation. <laughs> so full throttle. Really excited to, to have you on board. Thank Great. you for joining our podcast. And uh, for our audience, this uh, episode will be focusing about trends and slightly future orientation around payments. So what, what, what do you do and what is Yabi? Uh, so Yabi is a point of sale and payments company that focus on uh, smart solutions for uh, small to medium businesses. And uh, at Yabi, I work as the product manager for payments. So I try to find the best payment solutions for our merchants and our product. So that's the short version. That's a, that's a good elevator pitch, um, making it easy for me to understand. So as a product manager, I, I start off with some questions because I'm not an expert in payments. Mm-hmm. But so as a product manager, specifically uh, within your role at, at Yabi, uh, are you then working uh, with the sort of yeah development sort of from a product side to 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 create those uh best payment solutions uh for your merchants exactly so my job is to understand what our merchants need in terms of payments so that they can run their business successfully and then i translate that into a product strategy and the product features that we think can solve their problems and uh, evaluate if we're doing the right thing or if we need to improve something and so then i have another question uh, is there any particular sort of customer groups at yabi that that your sort of product or service is focusing on or is it payment in general that you 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 support whatever company in the world or do you have a, a specific sort of focus for for your product Yes, so our customers are small business owners. Usually it's a pizzeria or a hair salon or something similar. So it's a different segment than a segment that is in need of technical solutions, but they are not necessarily technically uh, knowledgeable themselves. And they don't have time or interest in in technology so we are here to to help them and to find the right solutions for them basically meaning that if i would be a let's assume that i'm selling t-shirts in the streets of Kathmandu mm-hmm. uh, i would then be a potential customer uh, to simplify it and and then i don't need yeah and i don't need to be that very tech so and and to understand how to implement this because i guess it that's the whole trick with your sort of system or with your product that you know potentially you need a internet connection and then you're up and running because you do the magic behind the scenes with with your service 
Exactly. And when it comes to posts and payments, it's quite complex. Yes. And what we try to do is to make it very simple and seamless for this type of target group. Understand. Is that also, are you then sort of focusing on a global sort of appro- approach on, on your services or do you focusing on particularly Nordics or? So right now we operate in Sweden and uh, Norway. Okay. Yep. I think that you potentially already answered the, the, the question, but this is just a, a, some thoughts or idea for me to, to take off the, the interesting discussion. So yes, payment software or, or solutions can be, you know, uh, quite complex and potentially even a nightmare to understand for for small vendors or companies. I mean, it's totally fine if you are an insurance company, if you are a bank, or if you're another major company where you actually have the 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 resources to do those kind of advanced big implementations of of a payment solution. So then we are touching about the, the concept of sort of digital inclusion. And when I use that phrase, I think it's, at least from my point of view, it's a good example, obviously, is when you are uh, on an individual level would be, uh, you know, using my mother as an example or my grandmother uh, when she was alive, was born in a time era where internet obviously didn't exist. And then a lot of uh, services was emerging from that new technology. And then suddenly you were able to, to do all your bank errands within a, a, a bank uh, portal, e-bank. But, and that's easy for you and me because obviously, yeah, we were quite young and, and we can adopt to that change, but there is obviously a huge number of people that still today obviously comes a little bit behind, even if uh, the, the digital banking is obviously improving themselves and make it easier, et cetera. But what's happening within that industry is also that they are removing the offices, the bank offices. So uh, I'm guessing the introduction to that is basically, I'm guessing that I can I, I, I can see some similarities in, in that digital inclusion because you have those those smaller vendors might be similar to, to my old grandmother in that context because it's a complicated process to get a payment solution in place, but they just want to drive their business and they want to operate and they want to obviously excel their businesses by providing the ability to 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 get paid with modern payment methods. So it's not a question in it, but but that's that's the analogy that that I think it's an, an interesting company. What's your do you have any sort of comments into that sort of digital inclusion concept or or Yes, uh, to me, digital inclusion is to make sure that digital solutions or tech is available for everyone and that it solves problems for people that today are manual or difficult. Um, And when it comes to a lot of processes that exist today, especially for small businesses, um, it's not something that they want to do. It's something they have to do. And uh, when it comes to point of sale and payments, there are a lot of rules they need to follow uh, and legislation when it comes to tax reporting and things. So if they wouldn't have a digital solution to this, it would mean lots of manual work and lots of uh, investigation on their end to understand all of this. 
Um, so I think for companies like Yabi that try to solve this for this target group in a way that they understand so that they can focus on what they are good at and what they want to focus on, I think that's key when it comes to digital inclusion, that they get a chance to do what they uh, need to do and we take care of, of the tech behind it. The boring part. If, if you are selling t-shirts or doing, if you run a pizza, I guess that compliance and, and uh, the processes behind uh, a transaction is obviously less of interest for, for the vendor. Yeah. Exactly. So then a follow-up question on that is, how do, you, uh, how do you do that? How do you include them? Yes, of course, you, you, you try to sell your service to them, but how do you do that uh, more specifically? Or how, yeah. So uh, the point of sale and cash registers in Sweden today, there's still a lot of small businesses that use very old hardware that needs cable connections and change of batteries. And if you would see them and pay attention to some of these uh, hardware that you might see out there you will see that it looks like something from the 80s yeah. it's very old and dated and requires a lot of maintenance so what we and yabi do is that we have created an app that can run on an ipad um, and we put all this technology that exists in this old hardware into that app so the first thing we do is removing unnecessary and difficult hardware and put it into an app instead. And then, of course, it's the part of these users to understand how to use our point of sale. And there goes a lot of user research that we do. And uh, we use our customers a lot to get feedback on how to improve the experience for them so that when they use our point of sale, to them it's easy. Mm -hmm and it's adapted to their needs. So we use a lot of design, uh, but we also look in the market and see what type of functionalities is uh, normal and what should we you know, uh, improve. And that's basically the product itself. It's, it's an app. Um, and then we, of course, from a payments point of view, we have payments integrations and we make sure that we're integrated towards the payment methods that their customers want to pay with. Mm. So here's important for us to not tell them what to pay with. We should listen to their customers. What do they want to pay with so that our merchants don't need to miss any sales no. because they can't accept the payment method. I understand. And and with that said, just thinking in my head that, you know, yes, you are a, a, a tech payment company, but listening to you, it, I, I guess that a lot of the, the, the focuses for you would be usability. Exactly. That's uh, uh, instead of focusing on the actual technology behind that's your, Yeah, that's your core. That's what you're supporting a, a, a customer with. But that comes out of the box for them at least. But to get them on board this application that you mentioned, it needs to be user friendly because that is actually what they are using. The how the payment and the transaction works in the behind the scenes. Obviously, they don't care about that, but they need to have a a smooth uh, interaction with with your system, which is then articulated through this uh, web app. So you, you, in my head, also you are all. It's very important with user interface. Uh, with UX, UI. Uh... 
yeah. work in, into those applications because that's potentially what a potential customer would be judging you from, not the advanced technology behind the scenes. Exactly. And, and, and with that said, it also sounded like today those vendors that hasn't done this transition yet, they're obviously using some old legacy systems, hardware. Is it easy for, for Yabi and for you when you're talking to those customers to, to get them to do this change? Or is it, is it a challenge or is it, you know, how hard is it for, for, for you as a product manager or the sales team to actually get, get the attention? We, we do have actually very good people around this. So we have a great sales team and we have support that is also adapted to this target group so that we can, speak their language, uh, both literally, because we have a lot of international uh, customers who speak other language languages, uh, but also speak the language in terms of complexity of the technology so that they understand what this is. Um, and I think it's not hard uh, to get them to use our solution because they really need help and they want someone to solve this for them. So they are happy to hand over the responsibility and the complexity if they can. Um, but it's of course, before that, it's of course our job to explain what it is we do in a language that they understand um, and take it from there. I understand. So in all essence, Digital inclusion is sort of a, a concept. It's something that is sort of key for your business. Yes, definitely. So now I get a better understanding on, you know, the, the sort of target audience and uh, so jumping a little bit. But you, you mentioned the payment methods. So a normal person would then, you know, cash and card. So at some point, Sweden is considered to be, you know, in the forefront of using digital payments. Uh, what what's your take on what would happen in general you know if if we come to that point where you know there is no cash uh in the society is that your ultimate goal or is that something that you are sort of as a trend following is that a part of your sort of at least from a mental perspective that you are following yes so like in the last 10 years in sweden we have gone to 40% of people using cash in payments to 10, less than 10. And in that is actually quite a short uh, time period with a very big decrease yeah. in the amount of cash payments. Um, and since the pandemic, we've seen even more acceleration of, for example, Swish. If you would look at a curve of the usage and the payment volume of Swish during these couple of years, it's a big increase. So there's definitely uh, less cash out there and more digital payment methods. Um, and we also see that it's not only then cards, it's mobile wallets. Yeah. And also since the outbreak of the pandemic, there's been more interest uh, in cryptocurrency. And also if you look globally, there's a lot of local debit cards and uh, local payment methods that count as alternative payment methods. Um, and for our merchants and in our world, we just want to accept the payment methods that people want to pay with. And if it's Swish or anything else, it doesn't really matter. We just want to make it easy to, to our customers. 
Um, and I guess when it comes to risk that you mentioned, uh, the risk is, of course, at least how I see it, the, the people who don't want the digital payments. Because uh, in one report that uh, the Swedish Central Bank did, uh, over half of the people over 65 years old, they don't want uh, digital payments. They are negative towards the, the trend of that. Um, and we want to support all customers. That means that we might need to still support some cash payments. Um, but if you talk to a payments person like me, I, of course, see more possibilities than risks. I see that we can build more seamless experiences because, you know, in the past you have received the payment in the cashier and you need to count the, the cash, put it in the drawer and then take out the exchange, you know. Um, Very manual. Yeah, yeah. And it takes time. Yes. And today you can just uh, tap your card or your smartphone and, and the payment is done. And in some cases you can even pay in your phone and then just go and grab what you have ordered or whatever. So payments is becoming actually invisible thanks to technology. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a great possibility. I totally agree. Uh, I, I think it was, you mentioned that people over 65, I think you said 65, that mm. huge percentage that in, in, in a survey that, 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 that want yeah. to pay with cash. They don't want to do this transition. They are not comfortable with that. And they do, do they expect to be able to, to, to do the uh, payment uh, with, with, with cash. I think you can then think that, okay, but you know, they are over 65, et cetera. But in terms of this is just the monetary value that they stand for. So even if they, you know, quotation uh, marks here, they are old people. The, the transaction volume that that kind of generation stands for um, is, I guess, it's quite substantial. They they have purchasing power, uh, and then obviously, if they want to keep the 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 cash payment uh, as a method, obviously, it doesn't affect you per se in your job, but it's something at least to 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 acknowledge and recognize. I think we as uh, tech companies have a responsibility to see all people. And uh, of course, new payment methods are cool and uh, uh, we think it's smoother. But for example, at Yabi, we still support cash payments. If Even if it would be a small yeah. percentage, we would support it and uh, help our merchants accept it. I remember when I was younger, uh, there was, or I, I guess they are still around, but uh, Dubru. <laughs> Which is a phone company, I think. Uh, so, and and no one, obviously, in my age, wanted to have a Dubru telephone. But that generation we were talking about, they want to have the cash experience still. But if and when you guys and girls will will develop, you are in that phase now. But if you are focusing even more on how can we make that generation to understand how to conduct the digital transactions. And I think it's the coming and uh, there's so many neobanks now that are exploring different uh, uh, ways of making banking much easier. And I think that's definitely our future as well, uh, because it won't be as complex as going to the normal Internet bank and make a international transaction soon. It will or it's already super simple. 
um, thanks to a lot of fintechs out there that focus on different target groups. So yeah, uh, definitely. Now potentially jumping uh, a, a little bit further uh, around the topics, but but another sort of interesting topic to, to to just elaborate a little bit around is your service and and your your approach. Imagine would be quite interesting in 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 exploring to expand to other territories because one of the the things that you can see in general is that countries. Uh, so for an example, I'm born in Nepal, a uh, long time ago. Uh, but what I what I experienced when I travel there is that I've obviously the last 10, 15 years, I've seen a change in what they have done is obviously they've jumped, they made this leap instead of going through, you know, the the, the whole cycle of, you know, first cash, then uh, legacy old system. So they're jumping that. So so everyone is then obviously paying with their mobile phone. And they did it, I think, you know, way before Swish was sort of established as a payment method. I, I'm just. I think that is sort of quite interesting how how other countries, developing countries, is then able to potentially in some areas is much more advanced than than other countries that that would be considered as a developed country or a modern country. Yeah, that's definitely a case that we see that uh, the mobile wallets or uh, digital payments they have, for example, been a reason why contactless payments increase in some markets. So the contactless payments didn't have their b- breakthrough with the normal cards that accept contactless, but with the wallets, which is quite interesting. And we can also see that, for example, Apple Pay and Google Pay is more used in, in other countries than in Sweden. We think in Sweden we are we are very uh, technical yeah. <laughs> and uh, that we like new technical solutions, but we see it being more uh, popular in some other countries that we may not expect. And uh, you mentioned Nepal, but we also see in China that uh, there's these uh, big techs that now invest in uh, payment methods like WeChat. They have WeChat Pay um, and uh, we also have Alipay. And then those two methods represent, I think it was 94% uh, of all digital payments in the country. And those are social media platforms, which is quite interesting that that is driving uh, the digital payments. So it's quite interesting to see how some uh, countries, they skip the way of, like you said, cash, card, mobile payments. They go directly from cash to mobile payments. And we talked about digital inclusion before. Maybe this is a version of that in these uh, countries and it's quite impressive to see is that sort of progress or, or evolution of payment something that quotation mark uh, scares you as a product manager for you because okay yes that happens in china that happens in nepal that happens in, in countries in africa etc but for me listening to to that when, when you know big tech companies in, in is investing in into this so they are not only becoming a social media platform with 1 billion users, they also provide this sort of payment solution. I'm just reckon that, that if that would happen in Sweden or if, if and, and I guess it might come, I'm not following it, but you know, if Facebook would decide, you know, that, okay, let's include payment solutions into this, would be quite 
sort of from a competitive landscape, it would be quite a challenge for for any company that isn't of that size. We see this now actually when Apple launched Tap to Pay. So they are now uh, building a technology where they allow people to accept card payments through an Apple device. Uh, But how they have chosen to do it now is to offer an SDK for payment service providers so that we can offer this technology in our apps or... uh, For me, it sounds like they still want, you know, you guys to be around because they are giving you that opportunity so that you can sort of yeah. follow that trend and, and and offer that to your customers. You built in that smartness that Apple has done and then you provide it uh, to your merchants. Yeah. Like at the moment, this technology is not available in Europe, but uh, this is definitely something that uh, companies like Yabi is uh, excited about and looking into instead of being uh, afraid since uh, we see this as a possibility. And I do think that these tech giants, even if they have a lot of power, they still need the expertise that we sit on. Um, you can't be an expert on everything. And I think that uh, in this approach that Apple is doing, it's quite smart because they can offer uh, something that is integrated towards something else and that becomes really great products. And it's a win-win. So that basically means that I'm guessing now a little bit, but some part of your role or, or your job or your at least colleagues is is constantly to to understand those changes and, and, and those sort of developments in, in within the payment industry sort of business intelligence and, and to follow those sort of trends because it seems like it's a landscape that is changing quite fast. Technology advance, um, new technology arises and uh, other players enters into the market and sort of changing the, the the landscape. So not only sort of focusing on, you know, product and tech development, but it seems like to be successful, you need to follow all those sort of mega trends or small trends or what is happening around the world exactly that's our job to be to look into this and uh, kind of be the merchants it department yeah. uh, who looks into this for them um, and a lot of these trends are relevant to our specific target group a lot of trends may not be i don't think for example or Cryptocurrency may not be relevant for our target group at the moment, but of course we keep an eye on everything that's going on. Um, and then we make sure that we, we are uh, relevant for our customers so that they have what they need uh, to take payments. I understand. And uh, with all these changes, of course, there's a lot of, uh, if you work in payments, you keep an eye also on the different uh, regulations and uh, security aspects of all this. Because I think with the arise of so many alternative payment methods, cryptocurrencies, and uh, you know, we want to accept these payments also cross borders. There's a lot of challenges when it comes to uh, how do we keep this secure and how do we keep it regulated. Uh, and here there's a lot of work that needs to happen 
uh, both with the authorities of each country, but also between and together with the different fintechs and payment service providers. Um, so there's a lot of that type of work that needs to happen as well. I understand. And as working at Boring, where we are sort of hopefully trying to help uh, our customers, you know, s uh, smooth onboarding processes for, for kind of services. But you mentioned regulations and uh, how, how does that, are you good at removing those sort of manual processes when you are, if, if I'm a vendor or a, a merchant that would like to be a customer of yours, there's obviously some, a, a lot of control mechanism. So there is AML, there's KYC processes. Uh, is that all, obviously that's a part of, of your offering because if that's smooth and if you can accept as many clients as you want, but still follow the regulations have done your sort of analysis of, of a potential customer is, is are, are Yabby working, you know, with that as well too, because that is a part of the, you, you have the UX part, you have the technology part, but then obviously the onboarding part of a, of a customer is, I guess is equally important because if it's complicated to become a customer, you can have a world-class service, great UX UI, but if it's a nightmare in becoming a, a client because you need to fill in this PDF form yeah. to be able to, to be a customer. I'm curious, in, in, is that a part of your work as well? Or do you work with those kind of automized, automized processes? Of course, compliance is super important for us since we're a point of sale and payments company. Um, and these processes we make very easy for our customers so they don't need to suffer from the complexity that may be in the background of all this so what we try to offer them is a much easier onboarding experience experience as compared to if you would go directly to a bank and go through uh, old processes that may have been the only way in the past um, and we do that also with the help of our uh, onboarding team that we have in place so that they can explain everything that's going on. And of course, with digital solutions and integrations using APIs instead of uh, you know, manual processes so that the process gets quicker and also seamless for our customer. I, mean, I guess that's the advantage of being a... Yeah, refer, a, a, a sort of a fintech company, and do not have all uh, old legacy of, of you know uh, that traditional banks have. They have great resources in terms of money, but they are obviously challenged by their tech infrastructure and all you know legacy systems. But you can sort of, and you are doing the same thing. You are jumping, uh, <laughs> you are leaping over that, and you can actually do it the right way with with automatic optimized processes and, and using APIs to, to deliver a more flawless sort of customer onboarding. Yeah, exactly. Coming to the end of the, the podcast, but while I have you here and you mentioned it before, but I guess some of our listeners, is, and including me, is you, you said it quite well. At this stage, cryptocurrency might not you know, change the way you do things and what you're thinking about to, to do at the moment, but I'm guessing that the whole concept of of e-currency or a cryptocurrency 
within the, the near time future, you know, can potentially be a, a, a game changer uh, or, or changing the landscape. Do you have any sort of general thoughts about cryptocurrencies? Do you think that, you know, hey, you ain't going to be able to pay with cryptocurrency in, in McDonald's or in, in paying for a drink in the bar? Is that 15 years uh, from now or is that, you know, is it, I guess there are some cards that you can attach to a, to a blockchain wallet, but do you, do you see it as a potential method uh, of payment in your industry? Yeah, I see, I see it coming because since we also see the increase uh, since the outbreak of uh, the pandemic, so I think it's around the corner that more and more people start to use it and want to use it. And we did see what Facebook tried to do, uh, creating their own cryptocurrency. And I think it's only one of many coming attempts for more players to offer alternative payment methods. Um, and that is, of course, a trend that we uh, at our company will follow because we care about the payment methods that our merchants' customers want to pay with, and we want to support those payment methods. Uh, so we are keeping an eye on that, and I think it's the future. Or it could be part of the future. But I also think there's lots still to see that we don't know because a lot of things are happening in payments all the time, and uh, there's a lot of innovation and cool companies out there so I think it's still a lot to come. and Yeah, for sure. And do you think I will be able to pay for my drink with cash uh, in 10 years in Sweden? Good question. Yeah. Not in many places. No. So yeah, change is coming. And with that, I'm really happy that you joined. Thank you so much, Isabel, for taking time to, to clarify things and explain a little bit about payments and your thoughts around the future of, of payments. And for me, getting a better understanding on 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 the landscape. So, so with that said, uh, I'm thanking you, Isabel, and thank you, uh, our listeners, for for listening. Thank you. You've been listening to an episode of a Roaring podcast by Roaring IO. If you liked it, share it with a friend or a colleague. We would also love to stay connected with you. Please feel free to subscribe to the show. Thanks for listening, and see you next time. <laughs>